Welcome to episode 60 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, be known for something that matters and claim their spotlight. In this episode, Liz and I share some fears around doing it wrong. We explain our relationship with rules and following the rules and why it gives us so much comfort. And we offer some examples of the rules that we are making for ourselves in life and in business. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. Following the rules is one way to attempt to control the outcome in a situation. It is one way that I favor. I love rules. If you do X, Y, and Z and you follow these steps correctly, then you can pretty much guarantee what's going to happen next. And for people who like control and to know what to expect, Rules provide this incredible sense of comfort. Not only are you comforted because the outcome seems more likely and you know what to expect, but because you can simply follow these steps that someone else has set out for you. There is a sense of obedience that comes in with rules. If you are like me, you love this system and you would probably be okay if more areas of your life had rules or a manual to follow. I am not sure which comes first, my love of rules or my insatiable desire for validation and to be told that I did a good job. If I just follow the rules, then I will do something quote unquote right. I'll do it correctly. I will get what I want. When I get what I want or do something well, I get praise. So I can't tell you how it operates, but I can tell you that my biggest fear in life is getting in trouble. There is evidence of this from when I was a child. My mom shares a story about when I was in play school and I wasn't listening to my teacher. My play school teacher, Miss Malott, had to separate me from the group, essentially giving me a time out as a three or four-year-old. And when my mom picked me up, the story is that the teacher went to my mom and said she didn't know who was more upset, me, the child, or her, the teacher, because she saw how much it destroyed me to get in trouble, even in the most minor way. Tears were definitely shed that day. And that's pretty consistent with the next 30 plus years of my life. I joke about being the kid who told on other kids, except that it's not a joke. I now like to say that I'm not a narc, I'm an informant. I am on a mission to not only follow the rules, but to make other people follow the rules and have the ultimate order. Liz, what is your relationship with following rules? Please tell me you have a story from childhood to share with us. (laughs) I don't know if I have a story from childhood off the top of my head, but 
boy, oh boy, do I love rules. I get made fun of a lot in my house for how closely I follow rules. Uh, my partner is much more likely to bend or break a rule than I am. And it gives, it gives me anxiety when I see him breaking a rule or thinking about breaking a rule. It's, it's an ongoing conversation in our house about how much I just, I love to follow the rule book. This is so interesting to me. I happen to know that you are an excellent cook. And when I see you cook, you can be a little bit more, I don't want to say haphazard because that feels negative, but a little bit more laissez-faire about it. Do Mm -hmm. rules not transfer to that area of your life? They do not. I don't follow the rules when it comes to cooking. And that's also why I hate baking is because for some reason in the kitchen, I don't like to follow rules. But pretty much every other area of life I do, that's interesting that I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, I don't follow rules in the kitchen. I remember with uh, an ex-boyfriend, I I quite like baking because if I follow the rules, it will turn out. So there, if I had had a, a tough day or a stressful scenario, I would come home and I would bake. And I remember him coming home and being like, Hey, how you doing, buddy? As a like, oh no, she's baking. She needs some type of control. It was almost a sign. So I find that quite interesting. Knowing that we are both rule followers, this this topic is is not at all surprising. The big question, of course, is what happens when there isn't a rule book? My first strategy is to find the rule book, (laughs) find some type of manual so that I can follow it, find somebody to replicate, do some research, ask other people what they did. My first thought is never make my own rule. Liz, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I will Google looking for a PDF manual for something before I try and DIY it. I will always try and find the resource or the expertise or some sort of step-by-step to tell me what I'm supposed to do next. I think people listening to this might think, well, yeah, of course, that's just what you do. Let's say you're building a piece of furniture and you can't find the manual. So you Google it or something breaks on your stereo and you go and look it up. But I mean, in, in other senses as well, i.e. what is the best way to create a reel that gets this kind of traction with this I will Google that instead of experimenting. My first step is not to experiment. If I can't find the manual, I often have this period of stuckness where I will spend more time trying to find a person, a resource, um, a manual instead of making my own. This topic is incredibly timely for me on a personal note because three days after my daughter was born, I was looking for the rule book. I wanted to know how much to feed her at what time of day for how long, how long she was allowed to sleep. I think many of these things are questions that parents naturally ask. And it is of course my first time as a parent. I had more questions in those three days than I think I've had in my entire life. I wanted a schedule or a calendar and to get into a routine as soon as possible. I asked our amazing doula, Ashleen, for some rules, for some guidelines to answer all of my questions. I told her that if she would just give me the rules, I would follow them to a T and I would excel. My kid would be fed. She would be napping. She would be sleeping in the right ways, according to the book. 
at this certain time and we would get on that routine early. And she said something to me that I will never forget. She told me that I have followed the rules for a long time. It is time to make your own. You have made your own rules for your business. It is time to do it for your family. And something clicked. I do make the rules for my business, but only now and only in the last few years. This took a lot of practice for me because historically I would look for the guidelines. Being an entrepreneur, this is the first time that I haven't followed a rule book. When I had traditional jobs, yeah, I would experiment, but still within the confines of my role. And this idea of making me making my own rules in my business is actually a central part of what I speak about and what I share with my clients and audiences. I tell the story over and over again about writing your own invitation. I believe that you have to write your own invitation to what you want, because if you're waiting for somebody else to tell you that it's the right time, you're going to be waiting a long time. If we agree that we like rules, but that the rules for what we want don't exist, how do we make our own? That to me is the big question that we are exploring. I can like rules and still acknowledge that they don't exist for everything. And even though that's really hard, I still have to find a way to overcome it because rules are not going to exist for everything. There is also one part of me that thinks life would be perhaps guaranteed and structured and predictable, but also perhaps quite boring if we didn't have to make up any of our own rules. When it comes to, to parenting, some of the best advice that I've ever had was, according to somebody, you're doing it wrong. So find the right kind of wrong for your family. And I think this is the same in business. According to somebody, some stranger on the internet is very assertive and will tell me that I am doing it wrong. I can find evidence for how I'm doing it right or how I'm doing it wrong. So my job is to figure out what's right for me in that moment. I believe that one way to make our own rules is to start with some proof of how we've done something successfully before. So for example, in my business, I could get obsessed with a 17-step program and scour the rule book on how to get 10,000 Instagram followers. Instead, I've looked at what I want to do and what works for my lifestyle, for what I'm trying to create for my business, plus how much time and money I'm willing to put in. So instead of following the 17-step program or what some stranger says are the best rules and recommendations, I put a cap on what I was willing to do and what I was willing to research. And that's where Liz came in. I'm like, I have this excellent resource. My rule is that I'm going to call in an excellent resource because I've spent more time figuring out my priority. And for this moment, growing my followers to more than 10,000 isn't my number one, it isn't going to take over everything else that I'm doing. Liz, do you have an example of proof of how you've been successful in making your own rule before? 
Well, I have a rule about consistency in my business because I work in social media and consistency is such a huge part of that. I have a rule that with all of the clients I work with, we set a schedule for how often we publish and consistency for the types of messages we share. And it's kind of like a guidebook or a blueprint. And that's why I create a social media strategy so that we follow this ongoing theme of consistency. And I do that with everybody that I work with and I get results with everybody I work with. I think sometimes social media is, I mean, it's a fascinating world that we live in and space on the internet, but I feel like consistency is, what I'm trying to say is, is consistency in social media controversial? As in, you should be consistent in the sense that you're posting all the time, but the general rule is the more you post, the better. Is that true? Or am I making that up? You're making that up a little bit. You don't need, you don't need to post every single day. It doesn't, it's not about the volume that you put out. It's about consistency in the message is key consistency in what your followers come to expect from you and the stories that you tell to some extent, like schedule plays into it, but you don't need to post a reel every single day in order to get results. It's about consistent in how you're presenting yourself to your, to your audience. I'm glad I asked that question. Thank you for that answer because a, it helps me breathe a little easier, but I also think that for our listeners, it might give again, that sigh of relief going, Oh, I can make my own rule as far as how I use social media as a tool. And that rule doesn't have to be post every day, twice a day at these specific times. It's more about consistency. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna wanna post more than once a month. Like there is going to need to be some volume, but I think a lot of people stress themselves out with the need for a ton of posts. So when I say I set a schedule with my clients, it doesn't have to be an, a super intense schedule. The biggest, most important piece is the consistency in what you're sharing. Right. And making sure that that brand message is consistent. Oh, that's a big word for us today. If you haven't already started your drinking game, it is to the word consistency. What I find really interesting here is that even as we talk about creating our own rules, we are having to navigate like what rule actually works for me. So for some people posting five days a week, that might be their level of consistency that works. That is their rule. My rule is something different and my rule might be different six months from now. So it's not just finding proof that you can make a rule and it be only your own, but it can also change. I think it's important to have your own rules. Your example of you know, following someone's 17 step program to get 10,000 followers, maybe that worked for them in the industry that they're in and the audience that they have with the message that they share. There are so many variables. You have to write your own rule book for what you are trying to accomplish. And I think that using social media is such a good example because we see so much of it, but I also want to like extrapolate from that and go, it's the same with so many other pieces of our lives. We get to choose what rules matter, what don't, but also our, our boundaries and our guidelines within what that rule actually looks like. When it comes to having to make my rules, 
one way that I find makes this easier is to look at some of the options that do exist and to create my own rule after examining what I like or don't like about some of the existing rules. So when faced with a question of what I could do, there are potentially 10 different things I could do. So if I take a bit of time and look at all the options, I can start to find my own way and piece apart what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? What works for me? What doesn't work for me? And I find that by looking at some of the options and then making my own decisions, it can help me figure out what I really want and learn to trust my guts, which is a nice byproduct to, again, gather some of that proof that maybe it takes doing some research, but eventually I can get to the core of what really matters to me. I will say that the risk of this strategy is getting obsessed and getting too deep into the research phase by feeling like you have to know all the options first. So I believe that this strategy for making your own rules definitely demands some efficiency. And for some people, it might not work if they know that they are likely to get sucked into the black hole of research. For me, sometimes it takes setting a timer. I'm going to research this for 20 minutes, or I'm going to read three articles before I make this decision. I even find this with developing some of our podcast scripts. I am not going to research for three weeks because I could, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to find three articles. I'm going to make sure that it's not the number one hit on Google. I'm going to explore a couple different things, and then I'm going to move forward and say what I want to say. I like the idea of looking at some data first, but again, this is not the only strategy. This is one way that I'm using to figure out some of my own rules. And again, this connects to my business, but also to my personal life. Let's go back to this idea of being in the kitchen. To me, this is like trying a recipe by the book one time. The first time I follow every single step, every single ingredient, and then once I have that data, I can now adjust and make some changes. Like I mentioned, this idea of making my own rules came to light with a newborn. And in some ways, a lot of ways, I didn't have nearly as much confidence as I do in my business because I've had more time and experience in my business. I have never been a parent before. I have never had a newborn before. So there were more questions than answers. And I think a big part of making your own rules is a willingness to be wrong, to know that you're allowed to change your mind and try something different, which we have talked about many times before. And the third piece is that you don't have to tell people about it. We've talked on the podcast before about how you always reserve the right to change your mind. And when it comes to making our own rules, we've never said or suggested that when you make the rule, it has to be set in stone. So it's really important to allow some flexibility and let yourself experiment. Let's try this rule for now, follow it, see if it works and then adjust it. And the second piece that I think I've missed out on talking about before is that not only can you make your own rules, but it's nobody's business. What rule I decide to make or how long I follow it for. So making the rule is part of it. Being able to change the rule is another part of it. But the third one is that I always get to choose who knows what rule exists. 
do I really have to tell anybody my plan? Do I really have to share that? And this came up this week when Brene Brown posted on Instagram that she is taking a three-month sabbatical from her work and from the podcast, as well as giving her team a break over these three months. See, she essentially posted and said, see you in September. This has been a very challenging and trying time. COVID has sucked the life out of us. We are different than we were before. I need this time off. See you again in September. And this is such an interesting scenario to me because she chose what she wanted to do. She took her own path, wrote her own invitation, whatever that language is. She made her own rule and said, this is what's right for me. And she chose to share it. I think what I find most interesting is that so many of the comments that people posted were incredibly positive. They were congratulating her for A, recognizing she needed the time, B, taking the time, and C, being brave enough to talk about it. She's also modeling this to other people that look up to her and admire her and see the work that she's doing. Where I struggle, and I I don't know if struggle is the right word, but where I'm challenged by this is that I always feel like I owe people a reason or an excuse or an explanation. I'm taking this time off because of X, Y, Z, or um, I solicit feedback and say, do you think this is a good idea? And so on a very personal note, I found this interesting because I thought it was incredibly brave of her to do that. And as somebody who wants to be at that scale, right? I want to be at the scale of Oprah, Brene Brown, these names of people that, that we know and admire. And yet the idea of sharing something like I'm taking three months off is absolutely terrifying. So the question it brought up to me is I have 1500 and something followers. If I am too afraid to tell these 1,500 followers that I'm taking some time off, how the hell am I going to eventually tell millions of people that I'm taking a break like Brene Brown did? How was she able to do that? And I bring this up because I think that this is her version of creating a rule. Her rule is that she is going to share without shame without guilt, with complete vulnerability, regardless of what strangers on the internet have to say. And seeing her do that lit something up in me and made me think, could I do that too? What are the perks? What are the benefits of being able to do that? And what potentially are the downfalls or the trade-offs that would have to be made? As I was preparing for this podcast, I spent more time thinking about how people are creating their own rules and thinking about how I can use those for myself. So some of the ways that I've set rules for myself are around the times that I work, especially right now. Right now I'm working two afternoons a week. I've been testing it for about two weeks and I'm learning that I need a little bit more time that is not so scheduled. I need some time to answer emails and book meetings and not just be in calls, but it took some experimenting. And I'm also 
learning that one of the rules I need is around social media. I still find it exhausting. I still don't have Instagram on my screen. I have to like search for it every single time because for me, I want to be more intentional about how I use it. So if you've sent me a DM and I haven't responded, it's not personal, I promise. And then another rule that my partner and I have actually had to set together is around childcare. How does it connect with our work lives? Knowing that purpose and work are incredibly important to me. I've shared a little bit about how I intend to work, but also need to remember that I don't owe that to anybody. Somebody can get an email out of office reply and that's enough information. So the two pieces that are at the crux of this discussion are you can make your own rules. There are a couple different ways to do it. You are allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to experiment. You can stop waiting for a manual and find your way to make your own rule. The second piece is you also don't have to share or you get to choose who you share that with. And that second piece is feeling incredibly powerful right now, especially as we move into the spring and summer season, which is when many of us are taking vacation or taking breaks and needing some additional space where we want to spend it outside or with different people as COVID restrictions ease up and travel is a part of our lives again. We don't have to share everything. LP, what are some of the examples of rules that you've made for yourself in your business or in life that are working for you? I came up with a couple of examples and they are rules that when I first thought of them, I thought they are for work, but then the more I thought about them, I realized they're for both because they lend to balance. And so I think that the outcome of the rules applies to both work and life. So the first rule that I thought of that I have followed for quite a long time is I don't work weekends. Uh, It has to be a pretty dire situation. It's a pretty rare occurrence for me to pull my computer out on the weekend. I just don't do it and I hate myself if I do. Uh, second rule is I don't work for exposure. Exposure doesn't pay the bills. I love this. I can picture you in the sweater that says this exact thing. Exposure does not pay the bills. Yep. I do have the sweater. I will delete any email that comes through asking me to do something for exposure. Uh, and I just don't believe in that. That's something that I'm, I'm pretty firm about. And the third rule that I've made for myself is to continue to check in with myself about setting boundaries and taking breaks because I am better when I'm rested, when I've set up a boundary so that I can have some space for me. So those are, those are three of many rules that I have, but those were the top three that I thought of today. If I were listening to the podcast slash I just genuinely have this question. How does somebody who plays and is a professional in the world of social media, how do you reconcile not working weekends when your industry is frankly 24 seven? That's a, that's a really good question. I, so I have got to the point now with the clients that I work with is that they're is no real need for me to be working on the weekend. I used to work with some industries like 
the restaurant industry where mm-hmm. the majority of their business is Saturdays and Sundays. So I have to be checking in and in communication with the owners to make sure that, you know, they're open that day or the patio is open if it's raining, blah, 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 blah. I don't work in those spaces anymore. And so that has made things a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. The odd time where I do end up working with a client where that weekend immediacy is needed, I often have a, a conversation with the client like, hey, I, I'll check in, but I'm not going to be creating content for you on the weekend. I'll check the DMs, see if any questions have come up, if there's any comments, but I'm, I'm going to check three times over the course of the weekend and it's going to take me 30 seconds each time. So I'm just really, really clear about what that looks like. Right. So it's, it's creating exceptions to the rule, but those exceptions come with a conversation. They come with a very clear, here's the boundary and here's how we're going to work within it. I would love to hear from our listeners. What is a rule that you have made for yourself, for your business or for your life? If you want to share it, you of course do not. Uh, In a future episode, we are going to be talking about routines and how this connects to the idea of rules. What are some of the routines we have in place? I would also love for you to think about how do you remember that you made this rule so that you can make more of your own? For me, by sitting back and looking at the rules that I've made for myself, it reminds me that I have them that I've made rules for myself before, and therefore I can do it again. Following up on this conversation about rules, in our next episode, we are gonna talk about trade-offs. We're gonna talk about reconciling trade-offs in our brains, how thinking explicitly about the trade-offs we choose to make, can keep resentment and negativity at bay and help you move forward. And I'm gonna share a little bit about a discussion that I had with my therapist about are all trade-offs really necessary? Do we have to pick one thing or the So stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, I want you to think about, and if you are comfortable, join us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner to share about a rule that you have made for yourself, your business, or your life that we can hear about and potentially learn from. If you want to dig into some of the assumptions and rules that you have made or need to make, to make your business and life work for you. I am all ears. I am accepting new private coaching clients for fall 2022 in a limited capacity. If you are interested, please visit theamandawagner.com slash contact, and I will happily be in touch with you. And if our discussion about social media and consistency made your ears perk up, reach out to me. I can help with that. You can visit my website, lizpittman.com or find me on Instagram at lizpittman. You will be happy to know that if you reach out to us, neither of us will respond to your email on a Saturday, but we will indeed be very happy to see it. This conversation has me fired up to think more about the rules that I want to create for my life, my home, my business, and big sigh of relief, some permission to make more of them. Looking forward to talking about trade-offs in our next episode. We will be back in two weeks with that. Until then, we will see you on the internet. Episode 60, check! 
Love those round good? numbers. <laughs> oh, it feels so good. It, it could be like, I, I wonder if it will feel that good when it's like 110, because that doesn't feel like a special round number. No, I feel like once we hit a hundred, we're looking at like the one fifty five two hundreds. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay, a fine. lot longer for that validation. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> then we'll be putting out an episode every day so that we can get there faster. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have that kind of time. No, we don't. 